What's up? It's your host, Tori, and who is ready to be petty? Today, I'm joined by Alexa and Taylor from the Unquirked and Unfiltered podcast. We talk about a lot of fun things. I'll also be on their podcast talking about my quarantine faves and least faves, so go check them out wherever podcasts are found. This is your weekly reminder to join our Facebook group and follow along with us on Instagram and Twitter as we've got a lot to to discuss nowadays. We also have some really fun guests coming up, so it's a great time to subscribe to the podcast. Anyways, it's time to get to the show. I hope you enjoy. So you two recently started a podcast. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it? So actually, I got to give it to Taylor because she's the one that post like pre-quarantine said like, oh my God, we would have so much fun as a podcast. Um, just a backstory. We've been best friends since first grade. So um, we are each other's soulmates, even though we both have boyfriends, they've accepted it. Um, but yeah, so like we obviously are very close and we love to talk and we were just kind of like, we essentially, if we started a podcast, it would be exactly what we are doing when we FaceTime each other and talk, except we could just like share it with the world. And, you know, Taylor kept saying a little bit, like, we really should do one. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then once we reached quarantine, when like we kind of got less busy because there was not much to do is when I guess we decided to actually then like buckle down and do it. Um, so we've done nine episodes, right? Yeah, I think so. So you met as kids. Where are you calling in from? I'm in New Jersey and Lex is in New York, but we went to um, grade school together and then we went to high school together and then we separated for college. Yeah, I moved into the city like um, a little over six months ago, but I come, I'm, New Jersey is very close to New York. It's only an hour away. So I'm back all the time and Taylor and I see each other when we can, but it's nice to have this when we're like not together right now to like have like a constant that we can like catch up and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I've like said this a million times on the pod. People are probably so annoyed, but I feel like the best podcasts are when kind of friends get together. And I feel like that's a hot take because everyone's like, oh, best friends always start a podcast together. But it really is the best when you're like just listening to a conversation where you feel like you're in the room with them. Totally. I agree. Me too. Yeah. And I think we both think we're hysterical and no one else does. So it's just like it works. What do you two talk about on your podcast? Yeah, a little bit of everything, I feel. We started off quarantine talking a lot about um, like what we were watching on TV, what we were doing during quarantine. And since we were doing nothing during quarantine and watching the same like five shows over and over again, it got kind of boring. So we turned to like celebrity gossip because we love to talk shit. And we figure, let's talk shit about people we don't know. Yes, you two are speaking my language. (laughs) Yeah, Taylor said it perfectly. But I mean, when I saw the name of your podcast, I was like, yes, I need that tattooed on me. (laughs) Yes, I am petty. (laughs) Ready to be petty. Same at any given point in my life, I'm ready to talk shit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Literally. Um, But um, Taylor and I feel like since quarantine, we're just sending out positive vibes to the world. But it seems like the pandemic has been slowing slowing more and more like the past few weeks. So we decided it's time for a rebrand just so our podcast, you know, makes sense um, in longevity wise. So we are renaming it um, Uncorked and Unfiltered because we love wine 
And um, you're going to be our first guest on our very first episode. And we're so excited. I'm absolutely thrilled. I think that's the cutest name. And yeah, I'm stoked. And I love when like quarantine projects become like a legit like side hustle. Yeah. We, yeah, we talk about like, we've not going to lie. We've emailed Barstool our podcast. (laughs) We did. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm so into this. I just talked about Caller Daddy on. Yes. I listened to it. So did we. That was the most insane shit I ever heard in my life. You're going to bitch about $500,000 a year. Are you kidding me? (laughs) I can't. I can't. I can't. Don't get her started. Yeah, don't get me started. Honestly, I I had listened to like one episode before, but the way that I was following this story was like I was like the fucking founding member of the daddy gang. <laughs> it was just so insane. I was so invested as well. I really was. I've never listened to an episode. Yeah, and like I think the thing is, is like I'm obviously less invested because they're less in the news, but like I listened to Alex's first episode solo and like I am interested to see how it goes like long term so like I will be following this for a very long time yeah me too too. I'm very pro Alex I always loved her but even after all of this drama I feel like she came out on top and I'm I'm very supportive of her yeah Yeah. and I want to see what happens with Sophia too like can you bounce back from this or did you see what her Instagram bio is yes it's like the most like selfish greedy backstabbing she's like and that's just a little bit of me it's like woof (laughs) I know I know it's like fun to be self-deprecating but like holy shit it she just like went in I guess on like everything that everyone has ever said about her that's like the definition of petty like I'm gonna just Make my Instagram bio, like what everyone is saying about me. I love it. I thought it was so, I don't know. You got to bring her on. You have to bring her on to the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's your girl. Like I have a hundred listeners. You had millions. (laughs) But now she doesn't. So honestly, you might be exactly what she needs. You're right. I'll be like, can I get the exclusive for the RTBP listeners, please? She'll be like, that will be $5 million. Ah, probably. (laughs) Oh my God. So we're covering some very like crucial topics today. Um, We're going to talk about the Leah Michelle like slash Glee scandal, which is the new thing that I follow after Caller Daddy. And then honestly, a good, like a good news story to come out of quarantine, but it's Will being like a crisis volunteer like a crisis hotline volunteer we love to see it so our first topic leah michelle uh for those of you who are living under a rock um leah michelle tweeted in support of the black lives matter movement and samantha ware who was a uh, co-star on glee uh, stated that Leah Michelle made her life living hell. What do we think of this? Are we surprised? No, I'm not. No, I'm not surprised people didn't like her, but I'm very surprised. I'm a little surprised that everyone's coming out of the woodwork all at once. It's like, I feel like six people have come out about her or something. Tweet picked up so much traction, like it went viral. But then a lot of her co-stars like jumped on the bandwagon. So like Amber Riley tweeted like a gif. 
Alex Newell. And then Brittany Morris, like straight up came out with like a statement saying that she was like tough to work with. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah, if she's a diva, then like, fuck that. Like, that's like, so that is really messed up on her part that like, she's the lead of the show and made people feel uncomfortable or like, yeah, because like, I've been in those situations before where like, um, I have a background in singing and acting. So I've like been in those situations before where you have to deal with divas and especially when like you already don't have like as good as part or something like it's becomes like a toxic environment. But what does bother me a little bit is that it took these people so long to say something like how long has we been over like forever? Yeah. And it's kind of like a resurgence because of it's like problematic storylines, et cetera. Yeah. And I just feel like the first girl that spoke up, I understood why she did. But now I feel like a lot of people are jumping on the bandwagon because they also want their moment. And it's like, it's pretty aggressive. And like, Leah's like eight months pregnant. So I feel like a little bad about that. But <laughs> I hate that I like feel bad for her. <laughs> like, But like, for some reason, I like still do. Um, I think that this was kind of just like, I kind of feel like it was known to the world that she was like kind of bitchy. Yeah. And I just don't get like, what, what does that do for you? Like being a bitch to your coworkers? It does nothing. It makes the work environment toxic. It makes it unenjoyable for everyone. Like you have this weird power trip that you think you're better than everyone because you maybe have a better role than other people. And that's just stupid. Like you're all there to do a job. You're all there to make a great TV show. It should be like a family type of thing. There shouldn't be one person that feels like they're better than everybody else just because they have a more important role, I feel. Yeah, I think like what like a cool story would have come out of this is like that they all loved each other and like got along because that's what like Glee Club was supposed to be about. Yeah. Watch Glee when it was on air. I watched the first four seasons. I think I like dropped off once um once like a lot of like the OG cast members started leaving and stuff that's when I kind of dropped off yeah that's fair yeah I never watched it I think I watched one episode so my roommate in college made me watch this with her and I think someone someone big dot was his name Finn or something he died my friend made me watch that episode I'm like I never seen it I had no like connection with the cast nothing I'm sitting there bawling that this person just died I was like why do I feel so emotional about this I'm not invested in this show at all so it was kind of traumatic I haven't watched since then (laughs) completely fair that that episode also ruined me (laughs) like absolutely traumatized me yeah so after um all of these yeah co-stars were jumping on the bandwagon uh, Leah Michelle issued an apology and it was just one of those like classic celeb apologies that like I kind of was like did she read this aloud um, no one of those ones that was like if my behaviors were perceived by you as hurtful I'm sorry and like that's just like apologizing 101 like That's like saying, I'm sorry, but yeah, it's like when you get an argument with a friend and they're like, I'm sorry you feel that way. And it's so obvious that they like don't really give a shit or like aren't even trying to see your point of view. It's kind of like she was trying to say like, sorry, you see it that way, but like, that's not what it was. That's your problem, not my problem. Yeah. Right. Stupid. 
And like, even if she didn't want to address that she was that way because of the girl's race, she should have at least addressed that she was being a diva the entire show. And like, she'd made people just feel excluded and like less important, which she didn't even do that. Yeah. And like, I really like, for some reason, honestly, like see that because later in the week, (laughs) her audition tape came out and it was like I did some deep diving her audition tape came out and she was singing and the pianist like fucked up a part and she like kind of like got mad and then yes and then the people that were like running the audition were kind of laughing and she got mad at them and kind of played it off like it was a bit like it was part of the character but people were saying that it wasn't, and then this was added. This this kind of character was shaped from this audition. Oh my god! I actually think I maybe years ago saw this because I now actually remember her acting like all snooty or something, and acting like it was a bit. And then like you literally look and it's like that's Rachel Berry, like that's that role character, right? Yeah, and that's probably why she got cast. But it's not like she was playing a part. They almost molded the cat character for who she really is. Yeah, I thought that was wild. Yikes. It also came out that HelloFresh cut ties with her. I think that's the only brand deal that did, but, like, that's a big one to lose. The big one, yeah. Yeah, HelloFresh is pretty legit. Yeah, she posted for them a lot. Yeah, and I feel like I would always want their, like, fucking, like, taco (laughs) dinner kits, like, showing up to my house, so. Yeah. Sorry, Leah. Did you hear also... Like, apparently Ellen, it's now, like, coming out that she's not a good person to work for or with, which shook me. Yes. Okay, Taylor, I'm so glad you brought this up because this story reminded me of Ellen. Yes. Like, that they had such, like, Leah and Ellen had such a grasp on the people that they work with that would, like except for like little rumors would come out that they're actually like horrendous people. Yeah. And it's so strange because I feel like Ellen does so much, like she seems like so like such a good person, always willing to do something for someone else and like all this stuff. And then you hear that and you're like, wait, I don't even know what to believe anymore because that's insane that you're, you can act that good. And then behind closed doors, you're a completely different person. Completely that was like exactly what I thought of immediately was Ellen DeGeneres. I've heard, like I know someone whose friend interned at the Ellen show years ago. And like, that's when I first, I heard this like five years ago for the first time saying that the, and she was, she ended up quitting the internship like before it was fully done because she said hi to Ellen one time in the hallway. And then Ellen just like looked at her and didn't say anything. And then like later on someone came to her and said, you can't say hi to her. Yeah. And like, I go a little back and forth with it because I'm like, she's like, has made me so much stuff going on. I'm like, if she's not going to be like the nicest person ever and talk to like strangers when she's trying to like run a show, like, the sh- like you know, obviously she wouldn't really talk to the interns. Like they're not really going to communicate. It's like, don't get too butthurt that like Ellen isn't coming up and giving you a hug and being like, let's go get coffee. I mean, yeah, Ellen should have at least said hi back. Like that's a little weird. Yeah. But I'm just going to hope that she's, a good person but then like every you know everyone has like their moments and she just like needs to like let off steam some ways and she does it in like kind of like a 
inappropriate way, but I don't know. Yeah. I love that you are looking on like the bright side of this because I just love her. (laughs) I know it's Dory. I love that both of you are like, oh, we'll give her the benefit of the doubt. I'm like canceled in my eyes. Canceled. If something comes out where it's like, you know, like legitimate like evidence, then I'm, then I'm not going to, you know, be like oblivious about it, but I'm still holding out for her. Cause you know, people get jealous. People get envious. She's a very powerful woman. You don't know if someone's crossed, if she's, if you know, like she crossed someone or like didn't give them what they want and then they retaliate. So that's why I'm just kind of like, you never know. Yeah. There's also like a huge thread on Twitter kind of detailing incidents, but yeah, I think most of them are like, she yeah was rude to me or short with me. Like when I was working with her, I think those are kind of the main things, but with Leah Michelle, I was thinking like, this is almost, okay, not the perfect time to have a scandal, but her being very pregnant and there not being a lot of like reality news. Like I think that she can like have her kid and do her own thing for a bit and then come back in a year when things have blown over. Yeah. She'll go hibernate and then she'll come out and it'll be fine. I'm sure. I just think it's a time where like no one is getting cut any slack. Like, I don't know if you saw everything going on with like JK Rowling right now too. But, like, I just think it's, like, hunt and seizing. Like, if you're doing anything remotely fucked up, you're getting called out for it, and it's not going to be, like, brushed under the rug. Yeah, you have to, like, own it. Mm-hmm. Completely. But with the J.K. Rowling thing, I will say, like, I'm not on her side. Me either. No. <laughs> not gonna, I'm not giving her the benefit of the doubt because she knows exactly what she's doing. Absolutely. And we support trans people on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Trans people, yeah, deserve rights and, yeah, are seen and heard on this podcast. I cannot believe that, yeah, these things are coming to light. But, hey, bring them on. It It's making us show, like, see that, yeah, like, what people believe in and what things that we want to put, like, our money towards and our time and our, like, viewership. So, hundred percent. Like, I want to – it's hard to see celebrities' true colors because – they're in such a bubble. So it's like, I really want to see who you are. And because I don't want to like, you know, support someone or look up to someone that I now and definitely not. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, cut those people out of my like life. I still feel like I cover a lot of like things that are like problematic for sure. Like we were just talking about the bachelor and stuff like that. Like that's still low key, like problematic, but, um, yeah, some of these like really explicit things like I don't have time for. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, what do you two think about Glee? Just to wrap up this story, what do you think about it kind of having a resurgence of like just problematic storylines and like not being the like wholesome TV show that we all thought it was? I mean, it does. It just doesn't really surprise me. I think people sometimes assume that what is shown on TV is then what like, you know, is happening like behind, behind like closed doors. And it's like, just because it's like a happy go lucky show, it's like they're actors for a reason, you know, and people are writing their storylines and they're writing their characters. And I think 
it's very easy when you're watching a show to like forget that it's legitimately not real. And just because this person's good on TV doesn't mean they're necessarily a good person in real life. Um, but if anything, it should just be a reminder to like not be ignorant. You know, it's like when watching these types of shows. Um, yeah, I like often, I don't know if I talk about this a lot on the podcast, but I'm often thinking about like media, like literacy and what people can discern as like, uh, yeah, like hurtful and what, what people, yeah, just take in and take verbatim. And this is, yeah, one of those things, I guess. Totally. Yeah. I mean, everyone should be scared because your dirty laundry is just going to keep showing. So it's not like it was a small, isolated, you know, situation. Like this was what nine seasons. I mean, I think she was probably a bitch the entire time. And it's like, she shouldn't be able to get away with that because I'm sorry, you're not hot shit, Leah Michelle. Like totally. And I think like one thing about Leah Michelle that kind of we said before is she was the star of the show and she was on screen scream queens. And mm-hmm. but like I'm like racking my brain and can't think of like anything else she was on. So you would think that something so so much commercial success as Glee, she would be like a big star. She's been in like yeah. those Hallmark Christmas movies. She really hasn't. And then she was in like New Year's Eve, that movie or something. Yeah. Okay. She really hasn't been in much though. Um, like, yeah, you would think she would have blown up. 100%. Like I watch all of those and like will gladly do it. So work is work. But like, Oh my God. Like I, I just felt like with her talent and that platform, like she would have like rose to immediate success. And maybe this is why she didn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. People obviously know she's hard to work with and they don't really probably want her on their, on their set. Makes sense. It does make a lot of sense. Yeah. Cause like us as the audience didn't see it, but obviously like people in the industry did. So I've also heard, since we're kind of like on this topic, Catherine Heigl, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I've heard horrible things about her. Nightmare. Me too. I just like don't get it because like at the end of the day, it's like a job that you are at. So like acting so crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And like, this is literally your job. Like you just need to do your job. You can't be rude to people that are trying to make your job easier like that's dumb totally I think she went on like a huge apology train but I think that was like a similar case where she was like one of the stars of Grey's Anatomy could have a been on that tv show for like another fucking 10 years or totally rose to like superstardom and just kind of like where where she been? At? She self sabotaged herself when she talked bad about Shonda Rhimes. She blacklisted her, and she was like, "You're done, bitch." Honestly, good riddance. Like I will take Shonda over Katherine Heigl. Katherine Heigl was the first one to get canceled. She was. She was the OG canceled. <laughs> Honestly, and because that was around the time where like social media was like really coming into play. Maybe. Probably that probably aired her dirty laundry a lot faster than it would have in the past yeah honestly I'm here for it it keeps us in business because we both talk about celeb gossip on our podcast so bring it on yeah keep the scandals coming I love to hear it I like always like in the back of my mind I'm like when am I gonna have to release an iPhone's notes like apology seriously I know 
you never know. I feel like I've been seeing a lot of those, like iPod, I whatever, like the note apologies. I feel like they're so insincere. I know. I feel like one PR person or whatever. I don't know the I don't know the terms. Like Alexa probably does, but a publicist. Yes, thank you. Yeah. I feel like a publicist all of a sudden, like five years ago, was like, you know what's really relatable if you yeah. <laughs> typed this. It's gonna look like you wrote it. Yeah. And not your team of 10. Screenshot it. Like people are actually just doing that. And yeah, there's no team of people looking at it. Yeah. It's like we we are all copying and pasting the same boilerplate response. Like we know what you're doing. 100%. But yeah, sometimes when I say something about people that have like large followings, like Justin Bieber, like something like that, I'm always like, is this is this the time that I like have to release a statement <laughs> the only people that listen to this podcast are like it's okay you could just text us we guys it's okay just release it to us separately <laughs> doesn't need to be a worldwide statement so <laughs> uh, another thing that we wanted to talk about is prince will i know i i feel like i don't talk about him enough on this podcast and like honestly i should i love Prince will do you both follow the royal family like how to 10 <laughs> 20 million so Meghan markle and prince harry's wedding alexis slept at my house my mother made us tea and like a whole breakfast spread we woke up at 4 a.m to watch the wedding like we are committed i love the royal family i want a royal family i am so jealous okay good good um i don't think i've shared this story on the podcast but like three years ago uh, when kate and will came to canada i like didn't meet them but like i was in a crowd that they walked past <laughs> so, that's so cool <laughs> it's amazing maybe i'll release the footage on rtbp socials but it was like honestly like the best day of my life I don't blame you. Oh my God. I would cry. Yeah, it was it was like quite amazing. Cause I feel like with those types of people, you just like kind of like at least I live in a reality that they almost like don't seem real. Mm -hmm. Will in in quarantine took a crisis line um training course and has been volunteering during the pandemic to help people in crisis via text message. I love that. Right? It's so, so sweet. I feel like it's so, like, personable and, like, such a cool thing to do. And, like, really, like, obviously, the royal family, like, makes all these statements and, like, about causes that they support. But this is, like, really, like, doing the work. Actually, though, yeah, it's not just, like, a simple little, like, doing – like, he's – he genuinely cares because I don't think anyone does. that just wanted to, like – you know, sh send a message or something would put this much effort into something like you can really tell he cares for his people. He cares about doing like good work. And like, those are really good skills to have. And yeah, I just, I think it's like amazing that he's like, I don't think I've ever seen commitment from, uh, I'm sure there has been for sure, but like, this isn't just showing up at like a food bank and handing out meals for two hours and then leaving. Like, this is like really legitimate. I wonder if a lot of, um, like if Kate being not royal or in that fit, like a commoner has kind of brought him down and been like, okay, like 
my wife was a normal person. Like she lived a normal life and she can kind of help me see what it was like. And like, I don't know. I feel like I wonder if she influences him in that kind of way to be like, let's do things. Let's show, you know, let's help people that look up to you so much kind of thing. Yeah. I completely agree with that. Like she, cause they met in university. So she would have lived like, I think her family was like upper class for sure. But yeah, I think that they're doing like work that like the queen and like royalty in the past would have never, ever done. Yeah. That's cool. I feel like they're like the modern royals and like, I am so here for the modern royals. They need to bring it into the 21st century a little bit. Like, yeah, they do. I think it, it shows even more that they care because they're, you know, like a lot of these olden rules and those old traditions, they really don't apply to like how the world has changed and evolved. Yeah, that's so true. And like, I was watching the crown and there was that episode in season two or three where there was um, that really bad incident in a small town where there was like a landslide. Oh, yes. That was the most, I couldn't watch it. It was horrible. So tough, especially because you knew that like it was real life and it was like filmed. But Mm -hmm. the queen didn't react as like fast as like people were hoping. And she ended up visiting there, but like she didn't for a few days and like, I think that that's really like almost maybe was also a catalyst for them really like connecting with people um, because like that really like that really affected her. Right. Makes sense. Do you know why? Maybe, you know, why can they not have social media? Is that a dumb question? I don't know. But all I remember is that like, I don't think that they've obviously never had them themselves, but like Megan had to get rid of all her personal ones before she right. married Harry. And then, but like, for example, I think Eugenie and like Beatrice have their own. I think they do too. Like, that's so weird. I'm wondering if it's just privacy and like, I'm hoping that they have like Finstas. Oh, oh my God. God. Yeah. So funny. That would be funny. I feel like it's Queenie. I feel like she's like, I don't want you guys going rogue. I want us to just have as a unit one thing. So we all are in uniform, which is her thing. But maybe now that Harry and Meghan have, you know, gone on their own, maybe they'll like make their own or something and like start becoming more chill. I hope so. Me too. Could you imagine Prince Harry Instagram? Oh my God. I'd follow him on Snapchat. I'd follow him everywhere. For sure. I... I've been like eating up all the content that they gave us. Like when Megan read the children's book to Archie and, and like Kate and Will have been on like zoom calls, like calling when stuff. Love it. I'm so here for it. I know. And it's just like wholesome content that, yeah, I like to see. It just makes them more human. Yeah, I agree. And like, we, I love talking about these things because I guess like in North America for us, it's just like, it's such a like treat because we just like don't have people like that. But I guess in the UK, it's just kind of more like the norm. Yeah. I feel like whenever I ask someone from the UK, like, do you like the Royal family? They're like, yeah, it's just like not really anything different for them. But we're like dying over here. 
<laughs> or like give us everything. One of my um one of my best friends actually um was like studying abroad. She was getting her master's in England and she was there. I think she was there for Megan and Harry's wedding and she said a lot of the people like don't care. She was like it, it was a it was a a good bunch that went to the wedding, but she was like all my friends, everyone like our age, they didn't care about it. It's just not their thing and I feel like for us we're literally like this is so cool we're watching history like and they're just like yep just another one bites the dust like we got another wedding going on totally yeah I find that true that like their real like fandom really comes from like Canada and the U.S. I think maybe they just think it's a bit campy since like they're so used to it and they're just kind of like oh wow you're gonna like shut down the streets for this wedding and they're just kind of like they're just doing their thing they're probably annoyed about we just get to see like the fun shit that they're doing yeah exactly yeah they're paying for it and the royal family doesn't i don't think like they have parliament and stuff that rules right like i don't think they even i I don't think they do really anything anymore like yeah yeah they just like provide statements on behalf of like the people and stuff like that i'm sure they influence like parliament and stuff like that but yeah it's and i think that's why like you said earlier that they have to stay modern that's probably one of the reasons because like what else is their purpose right that's so true anything else you want to say about the prince will story we stand we stand i love you follow me on tiktok um that's it <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> okay one more question actually do you think that uh kate and will will come visit megan and harry anytime soon I, like, is that drama between her and Megan, like, legit? Or is it fluffed up a bit? I have so many questions. Like, I I mean, I could believe that they're not the biggest fans of each other, but they make it seem like they can't be in the same room. I don't know. I think, like, the tabloids twist it to be something that it is not. Because people, like, a lot of people don't like Meghan Markle. Um, and a lot of people are racist. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I do see how, like... Like, they are, one was raised American and one was raised, like, in the UK. Like, there might be some, like, differences. Like, I heard, like, a lot around, like, working differences. And, like, I could see that because in the U.S. and, like, Canada, subsequently, like, we have so much of, like, a work, like, hustle, productivity, like, huge. Like, everything is, like, your purpose is your work and shit like that. But, like, I don't think that they have that, like... I don't know that need to succeed like we do here right yeah um I also just think it's annoying that the tabloids are like it's like oh they're pitting the two girls against each other it's like yeah it's like so typical yeah it's like can't we just have like girls supporting girls I mean what the fuck yeah it's like why can't they be buds (laughs) did how it was like she's like the Yoko Ono that like broke up the band because oh come on right like Harry's his own person Harry wouldn't have married someone like her if he didn't really want, you know, if he really wanted to like follow in like um, William's like footsteps, he would have probably taken a different route. Totally. Harry was a wild card. Like he was a wild card. So I think him, I think it makes sense that he and Megan kind of just took off and dipped. Yeah. I completely agree. Like I think that this was like, all not planned but like I'm sure he was looking for a partner that like 
would honestly like help him kind of like get out of the royal family and kind of just work on the projects that he wants to work on he knows Mm -hmm. he'll never like actually like be king or whatever so like might as well like stop doing like all of the things for show just because of like protocol and tradition yeah he probably has his own life that he wants to live and he might as well like you said he's never he's never going to be king so go do it like go have fun completely yeah I'm on team Harry and Megan yeah love them me too this week in petty is back again and Alexa and Taylor brought two really great things that I cannot wait to hear uh, and give you a live reaction to. So, as we all know, we're in quarantine, day 5032. Um, and so uh, my boyfriend's hair was getting pretty long. Um, and he has like those clippers that you can like do it yourself. And He's like trimmed like the sides down before and stuff, but I don't know. Like I helped my roommate with his hair like a few days before and it came out really good. So I was just like, I guess got a little confident, got a little cocky. And on Sunday morning, I was like, let's cut your hair. Like, let's do it. And then he's like, okay. And I just start cutting it. And um, you know how like there's like different guards that you can put on the clippers? Like, I guess you could do yeah. like three inches, two inches, one inches, whatever. I must have judged them the wrong way and everything was going well until I used the one and I knew immediately I went like way too high to the point where it was just like can't go back and his hair looks horrendous like it's not it's not cute um the front looks okay and the sides look okay but the back it's like what what happened there and I got so upset like I kept work I kept like trying to figure it out and how to like fix it and like he's laughing he doesn't give a fuck he's like it's just hair I'm like shut up like no it's not and he's just like he doesn't care but I was just like I feel I mean not that he's going anywhere really but I just like I'm retiring I can't it looks so bad in the back and it's like I'm the one that has to look at it like you can't see the back of your head I love that he was the chill person and you were the one freaking out (laughs) Yeah, no, he didn't care, but it's just, like, I felt bad because, like, I'm the one that said, like, I'll do it. And, like, his hair didn't even look bad. It was just really long. I shouldn't have even touched it. Yeah, I can testify. The back is, um, sorry, Matt. It's pretty choppy. It's pretty choppy back there. Uh, thank God he didn't pay for it. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah, he didn't pay for it. And I probably have to pay him. <laughs> so funny. I love how you're, like, I'm retiring. How many quarantine haircuts did you give? This is my second. It's my last. It was a short-lived career. Um, some good memories, mostly bad, but not all careers take off. So yeah, yeah, I tried. I tried, and um, I'm not gonna try anymore. I feel like so many people have issues with like those fucking clipper. Like they're hard. I think yeah. I don't. They're like. And then if you press harder, it technically removes more than like what you would think for the guard to do. And it's just, and I think it, my roommate has different, like a different course of hair than like my boyfriend, like my boyfriend's hair, I think is like thicker. One thing that's coming out of this quarantine is much respect for hairdressers and their education and training. And uh, I think that they're coming out on the, the benefit of this quarantine. 
Yeah, they're needed, especially for men. Like, go figure. Like, us girls, I mean, like, I know if, like, people get their hair dyed or highlighted and stuff and that grows out. But, like, for the most part, if our hair gets long, it gets long. Like, the guy's hair is looking crazy. (laughs) Haircuts so much more often than women do. They need to. Yeah. That's true. If you need a haircut, don't look at me. Salon Alexa is closed. (laughs) Yes. I, I would be like way too scared. I feel like to give anyone a haircut. Yeah. I was cocky for no reason. I had no right to be that confident. No, right. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like that's the other thing is like when you go in confident, like it hurt, it hurt more. Yeah. My expectations were so high. I didn't see it coming. So when it came, like I fell, like I was like, (laughs) (laughs) it was like 9am and I was like, I need to get blackout drunk and forget this just happened. (laughs) What about you, Taylor? What's your this week in petty? I feel like mine's not as good as Lex's, but yes, it um, is. (laughs) So I was on the beach Saturday and um, my boyfriend was like getting up. He was like putting sunscreen on or something. And like, he looks and he's like, oh, a huge beach umbrella is flying like in the sand. I was like, that's so weird. So I like turn and the umbrella part is like flying kind of directly at me. And at the last minute, it like flipped over. So like the pointed spike part is now coming right at me. And like, I I was like, oh, shit, I'm about to be impaled. So I like cover, I cover my head. I have it. It nailed my shoulder. I have this huge bruise on my back. I finally look up and I just see my boyfriend standing there with his arms out. And I was like, you did nothing. And he was like, my torture was coming. I was like, you are literally just standing there staring at me while I just got hit with an umbrella. So then the lifeguard comes running over and he's like, is that your umbrella? I was like, yes, my umbrella pulled itself out of the sand, spun around, and then hit me. You're so right, sir. Like, no. He was like, oh, I'm just going to take that and, like, bring it to the lifeguard stand in case anyone's looking for it. I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Don't worry about me. No, I got He didn't ask you how you're doing? There. No, he ran over. He took the umbrella and he walked away. I was like, wow. What a dick. They should have burned that umbrella. I know. That's what I'm saying. I feel like just also the location, like being at the beach, you're already in like a vulnerable state and literally has to come for you. Really, I was minding my own business, trying to get a nice little tan and I was almost impaled. Oh God. What a thunk. That's actually like, for some reason now, one of my biggest nightmares. Mm -hmm. To get impaled. I feel that. Especially by a flying beach umbrella. 100%. And I've seen that before when they've like picked up wind and just like kind of, but like never at the velocity of this one. I literally was like, how traumatic would it have been for you if I just got impaled right here and died? He was like, I probably wouldn't be able to go to the beach ever again. I was like, you're like, okay. Yeah. I hope not. Yeah. It was something. You're a survivor. I think I'm stronger because of it. For sure. I live Strong, to tell Stronger yet weaker because of the bruise. And my mom, so I told my mom, and I don't think she believed me because then the <laughs> next day she was like, what is that bruise on your arm? I was like, mom, I told you I was hit with an umbrella. She was like, I didn't think it was that hard. I was like, yes, a massive beach umbrella flying in the wind at whatever miles per hour would not have hurt me at all. 
Yeah. I remember when I used to work at a restaurant and when I have to set up the patio and put all the umbrellas up and like, if that got like a little bit of wind under it, like Mm -hmm. it was a force to be reckoned with. Oh yeah. It was intense. And I see it happen all the time at the beach. Cause I live, I live like on the beach almost. So I see it all the time. And I was like, oh, idiots, like who doesn't close their umbrella? Like when you're going to, for a walk and it's windy or something. And here I am. So like, I'm not running to the next beach after the story, to be honest. I just like, I don't have the reflexes to like dodge that. Like I would be like, you're here telling the tale. I'd be fucking dead. Like for sure. I guess I should be kind of proud of myself because like in a crisis situation, at least I know to cover my head. And what did your boyfriend say after when you were like, were you going to defend my honor? Wow, I really should have. I should have acted faster. (laughs) Taylor texted me and she's like, John was really my knight in shining armor today. I got hit by an umbrella. (laughs) (gasps) He's going to be so mad if he ever hears this podcast. I'm just not going to tell him about it. (laughs) Okay, I think that's all that we have for you today. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was really fun. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yes, uh, come back anytime. I'm going to be on the next episode of um, Uncorked and Unfiltered. So um, I'll make sure to share it with all the listeners and yeah, go check it out. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Ready to be Petty. You can find my guests, Alexa and Taylor, on Instagram at uncorked underscore unfiltered and on Twitter, uncorked underscore podcast. And you can listen to my episode of their podcast where we do a full on award ceremony for all of the things that we've been doing in quarantine, as well as some celebrities that we would want to be isolated with and ones that we don't want to be isolated with. It's really fun. Go check it out wherever podcasts are found. If you like what you heard today, join our Facebook group and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at RTBP Podcast. I hope you are healthy and well. As always, I'm your host, Tori, and I am ready to be petty. See you soon. Bye.